So to me, sex is like the, it's like the great connector. It's connecting you to your partner if you have one, but more importantly, it's connecting you to yourself. Um, and, and in fact, I think it's important to note that sexual health is necessary whether you have a partner or not, because it's not about them. It's actually about you. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. So I'm going to start out with a little story for you. Uh, a couple of years ago, I saw a like early 40s woman in my in my practice who came to see me because she was having problems reaching orgasm. And this was kind of a new thing for her. Like this has been going on for a couple of years, but before that, she wasn't having problems. And she was a really healthy person. She exercised, you know, she ate well, she did all this sort of biohacker stuff. Um, so she was kind of confused about what was going on. And so I talked to her, we did a history and physical, we did all the things. Um, and eventually I ended up injecting some stem cells and PRP into her vagina and her clitoris. And I did an intravaginal laser in the office. And then I sent her home with some special pelvic floor exercises and a red light, an intravaginal red light device. And about three months later, I gave her a call and I, I said, you know, is this a good time to talk? Because I always ask people that. And she said, oh yes, Dr. Killen, I'm so glad you called. And like, without me even saying one word, she just took off telling me all about how she was having the most amazing orgasm. And they're so great. There's all this arousal and it's head to toe. And it's like, and she's just going off, like just for like minutes. And then finally she, she, she stopped abruptly and she said, oh, Dr. Killen, I have to go. It's my turn. It turns out that she was at the airport. So that to me is a great recommendation for something that I call sex financial medicine, sort of the benefits of sex financial medicine, which is the name of my talk today. Um, so as you guys know, we're living in this extraordinary time where we're seeing exponential growths in all technologies, including medicine, where you have all these sort of other technologies converging with traditional medicine um, to give us rates of change that we've never seen before. So today I'm going to talk about some of the different techniques and technologies that we can use to have better sex today and to continue to be able to have good sex even as we're aging. Now, before I do that, is any of you or any of you sort of thinking to yourselves, why is she making sex so difficult? Like it's, it's pretty easy. Like we all, we were all, you know, it's just like something that we know how to do. All animals know how to have sex, right? But interestingly enough, over the last two decades, we kind of as a population have been having sex much less often. And like Mia said, I think it all kind of goes down to, or at least a lot of it, is that we're living our lives online instead of with people. And so you're losing a lot of that connection. Um, at this point in time, about 20% of marriages are sexless. And 17% of millennials, they check their smartphones during sex. So, you know, the question is, you know, why do I care? Why should you care about all these things? And the truth is that sex is very good for us. As, as all of you, I think, know, there's so many benefits to sex. There's connection benefits, social benefits, there's health benefits. Um, the social benefits are the things that we talk about the most, right? It's the connection with your partner. And we do know from studies that, that couples that tend to have sex at least one to two times a week, that seems to be kind of the magic number, they tend to be happier, more connected, more you know, likely to stay together longer term. I had a gentleman a couple of years ago who 
who was a patient of mine who had prostate cancer, and he had had to have surgery for prostate cancer. And afterwards, he lost all ability to have erections. And he had tried all different medications, and nothing worked. And so he came to see me eventually. And we did some different sort of therapies and techniques, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. And I called him a few months later. <laughs> he was not in the airport. That was good. And I asked him how things were going. And he said that he and his wife had started having sex again for the first time in four years. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. And he, you know, he told me, of course, that he was feeling much closer to his wife, like their relationship had, had really taken off and it was amazing. And then he said, you know, Dr. Killen, what I'm surprised by though is that I feel like I've changed the way that I'm showing up in the world. Like I feel like when I go to my job now, he was a CEO of a company. When I go to my job now, I have more confidence. I'm less anxious. I'm just communicating better with people. Like my mood is better, you know, and he kind of, he was very surprised by these other benefits to being sexually active. But we know from, from the research that has been done that there are all sorts of not just emotional benefits and, and mental benefits, but also physical benefits to be sexually active. So by the way, just so you know, um, when we look at these studies, a lot of them are looking at partnered sex. And it tends to be, uh, they kind of, it's about one to two times a week that people have identified as being sort of um, a good amount as far as these studies go. Now, that's, there's no judgment if it's more or less. Um, but a lot of the benefits of sex are going to happen with solo sex as well. So because a lot of the benefits are, are sort of tied to the orgasm and some of the neurochemicals that are released. So when I talk about sex, this is not just for people who have partners. There's actually benefits to sort to masturbation as well. So um, some of the health benefits, we know that people who have um, older adults who have sex more regularly are less likely to have memory loss and cognitive decline as they get older. Um, people who have sex more regularly tend to have a little bit less depression, less anxiety, better self-esteem and self-confidence, which I think makes sense. Um, sex is associated with lower blood pressure, with better sleep, with less stress. Uh, and there's e at least an association between um, more frequent sex and lower mortality, at least in men. So there's lots to learn, but there's a lot of amazing benefits to being sexually active. So how is this possible? How is it possible that you could have all of these benefits from something, you know, from one activity. So the couple that I want to focus on here, dopamine in red, this is the uh, neurotransmitter of expecting, of like something good's going to happen. And it's motivating you to kind of achieve that pleasure, whatever it is. So we see dopamine go up in other things, like um, if you're going to eat a delicious meal, dopamine goes up. Or if you're gambling or riding a roller coaster or using cocaine, these things all make dopamine go up and it feels really good. So that's one. Another one that's important is the, um, so you've heard of like a runner's high, right? You're running, you're running, you're running. It's painful and it's horrible. And then all of a sudden you get like this relief of your pain and you start feeling like you're floating and you can keep running and it's amazing. Those are your endorphins and it's, it's made up of a couple of different things. Um, some of them are opiate sort of receptor um, chemicals and some of them are endocannabinoids like the, like, like a THC or cannabis type of molecules. So you get those released during sex as well, which, you know, might account for why pain it can be reduced just by having more frequent sex, migraine pain, uh, joint pain, things like that have all been studied. Um, and then another one that's important is serotonin, which you've probably heard of. It's kind of like the one that makes people kind of feel balanced and content, and it helps with anxiety. Um, it also helps promote sleep, and that's something that else is going to go up, that's going to go up as well. Um, antidepressants like Prozac, that's going to also make your serotonin go up. And then finally, we have oxytocin. 
Oxytocin is like the love hormone or the bonding hormone, right? Um, it's the one that it, when you cuddle or hug or kiss, you get higher levels of oxytocin. And it's interesting in that people who have, um, you know, when you have higher levels of oxytocin, it's actually been shown to be associated with increased empathy and increased charitable giving and, imp- and increased tribalism. You know, in order to have these same sort of benefits all at one time, you'd have to like go for a long run while eating a you know, really good food or, interestingly enough, maybe using psychedelics. So there's actually some interesting research that's being done now looking at the similarities between the benefits of sex and the benefits of things like MDMA and psilocybin um, because they have similar benefits and they have similar profiles as far as some of the neurochemicals that are released. Um, there was a study published last year by Vivian Siegel and her lab. And what they did is they looked at a group of people who were using um, clitoral stimulation, like a specific type of orgasmic meditation, which you may have heard about. And it was this 15-minute protocol. And she queried them on how often they were able to achieve mystical experiences during this 15 minutes. And what she found was that these people were actually able to achieve as many or more mystical experiences than people who were using medium to high doses of psilocybin. So this is pretty interesting. There's more to learn, obviously. But this idea that sex maybe isn't just, you know, it's not just something we do for pleasure, but maybe it's also something we could do as a sort of medicine. You know, it's a self-soothing for sure, but there's maybe more to it. So I see sex and sexual health. It's sort of the middle of this hub. And on the, all around the outside, you have all the other forms of health. You have physical health, emotional health, mental health, social health, spiritual health, and environmental health. But right in the middle is sexual health. And sexual health, you have to have health, you have to have optimal health on your all your other sorts of health in order to have optimal sexual health, right? Everything kind of feeds into sexual health. And then on the opposite side of that, when you have optimal sexual health, it's going to radiate outwards and positively affect all of those other types of health. So to me, sex is like the, it's like the great connector. It's connecting you to your partner if you have one, but more importantly, it's connecting you to yourself, um, and, and in fact, I think it's important to note that sexual health is necessary, whether you have a partner or not, because it's not about them. It's not about your partner. It's actually about you. You guys hear that? So sexual health is not about them. It's about you. And so you can care about it and you can work to achieve sexual health, whether you have a partner, whether you're ever going to have a partner, whether you want a partner, whether you don't, it doesn't matter. It's really just about you. All right. So this is my four-pronged approach to sexual longevity. How do we get as healthy as we can now? How do we stay that way long-term? So the first one is mind the mind. Then you have boost blood flow, optimize hormones, and support the structures. And we'll go through some of this stuff. Mind the mind. I have a, a friend of mine who tells the following story. She said she and her husband had been having a difficult time. They were having kind of a rocky, you know, rocky few months. They were both working hard and they were never really home. They were just disconnected. Um, and so they were just having a, you know, just a hard time. And so she came home from work one day and her husband met her at the door and he said, honey, I did the laundry for the entire week. I, I washed it. I folded it. I put it all away for the whole week. And I want to give you a 15 minute clitoral massage right now. Now, my friend, she had, this had never happened. Like, neither of these things had ever happened before. And so she was very excited. Although, and then later when I was talking to her about it, she said, you know, Amy, I'm not sure what turned me on more. The fact that he wanted to give me a clitoral massage or that he'd done the laundry for the entire week. 
So obviously our mind is a very, it's the biggest and most important of our sexual organs, right? And people who are overwhelmed, who are tired, who are too busy, like these are the most common reasons, stress that we see people who are not interested in sex. It's, it's the things like that. And so there's a few different strategies to kind of get your mind in the right spot. And you guys are better than most communities at knowing all of the sort of ancestral stuff, right? Like the breath work, the meditation, the walks in nature, the journaling, like all of this is so important. And I would absolutely recommend starting with those things to get your mind in this sort of parasympathetic rest and relax state. But there's also some kind of new cool tech out there that you can experiment with if you want to try some different things. So there are a number of apps that are out there, specifically apps for, for, for women, um, things like Rosie and Furly and Dipsia, which kind of combine, um, they combine like sexy stories with education, with mindfulness practices to try to get you into the sort of the right headspace. All right. Number two is to boost blood flow. So your sexual organs, as you might um, be aware, they really appreciate good blood flow. And what happens as we get older is our blood vessels start to fill with atherosclerosis or plaque. So you get sort of narrowing of the blood vessels. And that's one of the major causes of erectile dysfunction in men. But it's also a cause of, of sexual dysfunction in, in women as well, because you still have to have good blood flow. And in fact, we know that um, ED is sort of thought of as being a canary in a coal mine for kind of an early warning sign for other, you know, for heart disease and strokes and things like that, because it's a blood flow issue a lot of the time. So the first part of this is just, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty basic, but healthy lifestyle is honestly the most important thing you can do. Like if I could just circle one thing and my talk would be over, then that's what I would say. I would circle the one thing, which is healthy lifestyle. You, you want to aim for less inflammation. You want to, you know, do all the things, check your blood sugar, check your, you know, make sure your cholesterol is down, make sure you're not smoking or drinking too much, um, exercising, diet, all of those things, um, which I won't harp on, but that's number one. Um, and then the second one is, is, is maintaining nitric oxide. This is like one of my favorite chemicals. So nitric oxide is the main chemical messenger that it, it's there to kind of help open up your blood vessels or vasodilate your blood vessels. It does a lot of things, but that's one of the things it does. And as we get older, uh, we lose the ability to make nitric oxide. So by the time you're 40, you're making about half as much nitric oxide as when you were 20. And that gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse as you get older. Um, because a lot of, a lot of it's made within your blood vessels by those cells that line your blood vessels. So that's a problem. If you're healthy, then you tend to maintain your production for longer. So the blue line here is, you know, good diet and exercise. You're going to have higher levels for longer. Um, but you can still see at about age 40, it starts to kind of drop off. So what can we do to maintain nitric oxide? This is kind of a long list. It starts with the basics, exercise. That includes both aerobic and anaerobic exercise are going to increase nitric oxide. Sunlight is actually helpful for increasing nitric oxide. You know, even as little as 10 minutes of sun um, a few times a week can boost levels of nitric oxide because your skin can make it. Uh, and then something like nasal breathing is really powerful in increasing nitric oxide. And it's free and it's easy. And it just means breathing through your nose. Because when you breathe through your nose, the sinuses have cells at the back that actually can make nitric oxide, which can get into your blood. This does not happen if you breathe through your mouth, which a lot of people do. 
without even realizing it. So in order to sort of make sure you're doing that, you can do breathing exercises. You can tape your mouth at night uh, so that you're breathing through your nose. This is a real thing, mouth taping. Um, and, you know, or just kind of focus on that. That's really important. And then some of the other kind of more newfangled stuff, sort of biohackery stuff. Um, saunas are great for increasing nitric oxide levels. Uh, PEMF stands for pulse electromagnetic field therapy. That's something else that can help. Um, red light therapy, which is also called photobiomodulation. You've probably seen those red light panels that you can stand in front of. That's also great for nitric oxide. And the other thing you can do is you can eat nitrate-rich foods, especially the fruits and vegetables that are, fruits and vegetables high in nitrate. So these are like green leafy vegetables, arugula, kale, beets are high in nitrates, pomegranate, citrus, some of these kind of things. However, your body needs two things in order to make nitric oxide from food. It needs, number one, it needs you to have healthy bacteria in your mouth. And number two, it needs you to have enough acid in your stomach. So what happens if you're using antiseptic mouthwash every day? You're killing your healthy bacteria. So you cannot, you can't complete that first step. So all of that spinach you're eating is for naught. You, you cannot make nitric oxide from it. And if you're taking acid blocking medications, so a lot of I mean, millions of people across the world take medications that block your stomach acid. It's usually for like heart, you know, heartburn medications and things like that. Those medications also oftentimes will prevent you from being able to make nitric oxide because you don't have enough stomach acid. Um, so those things are easy to, to fix if you, if you have that. And then you can also take supplements, L-arginine, L-citrulline. They may be helpful, um, more so if you're younger. By the time you're over 40, <laughs> which is still young, by the way, but when, <laughs> by, but when you're over 40, oftentimes the cells that line your blood vessels are not going to be able to make that L-arginine into nitric oxide. So it's better. Those are better for when you're younger. All right. Step three is optimize hormones. And I'm not going to talk about all these hormones, although if you are, um, if you're having any kind of sexual problems, I would recommend getting all these hormones checked and several others. We'll focus on the sex steroids, specifically estrogen and testosterone. So estrogen and testosterone both um, are important in women, especially in women, in women, you need both um, for all phases of sexual arousal, for desire, for the arousal part, for orgasm. Um, so those are dependent on both estrogen and testosterone, which is, you know, one thing that is not really taught to women is that you have testosterone and that you need testosterone. And as you get older, you still need testosterone. Um, and interestingly enough, there's, uh, there's no FDA-approved testosterone medication in the United States, despite decades of evidence that women need testosterone. So you can get it, but you have to get it compounded. For men, it's mostly testosterone that you're going to need for the sexual response curve. What's interesting about both of these hormones is that they don't only help you to maintain your desire and arousal and ability to have an orgasm, they also keep your sexual organs healthy. So when you get to a point where you don't have enough estrogen, which is usually after menopause, but can happen other times, the cells of the vagina start to sort of atrophy. You get, you know, you get dryness, you get loss of elasticity, you get pain when you try to have sex. And similarly, when you have low testosterone for a long time, and people don't know this, but low testosterone for a long time can cause the cells within the penis to die, the smooth muscle cells. And so those get replaced by fat or scar tissue. And so as you might imagine, you're not able to then get a full erection or to keep it because those cells have died. And that can happen with low testosterone over time. So these hormones are important. Um, men's testosterone levels have been going down by about 1% per year since about 1980, 1985, when we started measuring them. So 1% per year, still going down. Um, this study was stopped in, this is, this is like 2005. And so this is a while back, but as far as we know, still going down. 
Um, so that if you're an average 35 year old today, your testosterone level will be about 40% lower than a 45, than a 35 year old, you know, 40 years ago. Similarly, and kind of a similar curve here, sperm counts have been going down by about 1% per year since the early 1980s. And also no end in sight for this either. Sperm mobility is also going down. So infertility has gone up. There's a lot of different reasons for why this is happening. And it's, it's, uh, I'm not sure that anyone knows for sure, but I'll give you two sort of categories of reasons. One category is that we're not very healthy. In general, as a people, we're not very healthy. We don't lift heavy things anymore. We don't, we don't, we're, we're too sedentary. We're too stressed. We're not sleeping enough. Um, we're eating too much sugary foods. We're like, we're just, we're not healthy. And all of those things will decrease testosterone, which has a direct result on sperm counts as well. The second part of that puzzle is a little bit more difficult, which is that we're exposed to tons and tons of endocrine disrupting chemicals. And these chemicals, which are just in the environment, uh, they affect how our hormone systems work. So they can affect how our body interprets different, different hormones. They can affect your actual hormone levels. These chemicals are everywhere. And I know you guys have heard about a lot of these probably, but they're, you know, they're in your lotions. They're in your, the pans that you cook in. They're in your canned goods. They're in your plastic water bottles. They're in your shampoos. They're everywhere. In fact, in the United States, about 2,000 new chemicals per year come into the, come into the market. And right now the EPA has 80,000 different chemicals that are in the world, most of which have never been reviewed because they don't have the ability to do that. And that's, just, that's in the U.S. I'm not sure everywhere else. I know it's a little bit better in other countries. But these chemicals, a lot of them are very dangerous long term. So that's bad. The good news is we have some better testing, uh, better ways to be able to look at your hormones and really give you more information about what's going on. So, you know, we can do blood, blood testing, which has been around for a long time. And we can also do other things like home urine testing has become more available to look at hormone metabolites. Uh, and so you can do that at home. This test here is a test from a company called the DNA company that does genomic, uh, functional genomics, uh, using, and, and they use artificial intelligence to help you sort of make sense of your report. Um, this was part of my report. So I did this a few years ago and they told me a couple of different things. One thing they told me is that I make a lot of testosterone, not a lot, but like I'm, I tend to make testosterone. I don't tend to make much estrogen from it. So it doesn't get converted very much, but I have a lot of testosterone, which makes sense. I'm kind of this straight up and down body type, which is more sort of androgenic versus estrogen. You get these nice curves. They also told me though, that when I have estrogen, I tend to break it down in a less healthy pathway. So the pathway that tends to go most easily is unhealthy for me and can result in, you know, increased risk of breast cancer or increased risk of side effects and symptoms. So later on when I go through menopause, if I get, if I give myself estrogen, there's a good chance it's going to be metabolized in sort of an unhealthy way unless I'm paying attention to it. So that kind of information, which is super granular and super important, can be achieved with some of these different new kinds of testing. All right. Last, we have support the structures. So what can we do? you know, to really support those organs down in the actual pelvic floor, the actual uh, sexual organs. So the first thing is pelvic floor strengthening. Now, the pelvic floor, as you guys probably know, you have this sort of hammock, these hammock-shaped muscles that line the pelvis, right? And they support your sexual organs. They support your vagina, your penis, your, your uterus. They support all the organs. But they do more than just support. Like, they're not just a scaffolding. The pelvic floor muscles are actually important for helping to get blood into your clitoris or your penis so that you can have an erection. They actually assist that process. They're important for keeping the blood there. 
And they're very important for letting you achieve orgasm and sort of having that strength or strong, you know, strongness of orgasm. So if you have weak pelvic floor muscles, which it's not just a woman post-birth thing, this happens to a lot of people, you can have problems with all of those parts of, of sex. On the flip side of that, oh, and so when you have a weak, loose pelvic floor, we talk about doing Kegels, right? Do your Kegels, do your Kegels, like everyone says that. But you can also have a tight, weak pelvic floor. And this is called a hypertonic, hypertonic pelvic floor. And in that case, your muscles are actually too tight. They're, they're kind of locked together. And that's, this happens in people who are, you know, just holding your pelvic floor muscles tight for, for a long time for, you know, without even realizing it. Like right now, I suspect in this room, some of you, probably including me, you're holding in your stomach without even realizing it. Like I'll be in my bed at night, like relaxing and realize that I'm holding in my stomach. And I don't know. I mean, it's something that I've done for years. And I think a lot of women especially do this because we're like, oh, don't show your stomach. Um, but what happens is, you know, your stomach muscles, your, your abdominal muscles are part of your core. And also your, your um, obliques, your lower back and your diaphragm. And so when you're holding stress in any of those muscles all the time, you're, that also means that your pelvic floor muscles are also staying tight and stressed. And so that can also lead to sexual dysfunction. Again, this is, it happens in men and women. So pay attention to that. Um, you can also, you can always see a physical therapist if you have questions about where you are with that. All right. Next thing that we can do is the regenerative biologics. So this is things like platelet-rich plasma or PRP. That just comes from your blood. That's using, um, you know, getting your platelets concentrated and then injecting those things into your penis, into your vagina, into your clitoris. Um, I can, we can also do stem cell injections. So usually we're going to use stem cells from the patient. Um, get, we get the stem cells from either the bone marrow or the fat. And a lot of these procedures depend on where you live. They're not, they're not, you could things you can do everywhere, but we can use stem cells. We can uh, put those in the penis, the vagina, the clitoris as well. And then exosomes or something else. These are growth factors. They're more experimental than anything else, but that's something else that is going to kind of coming on the scene that may be able to be injected as well. Other things that can be done. Um, low intensity shockwave therapy is a fabulous tool non-invasive. You can do it in a doctor's office, or there are actually some home machines available now as well. And this is um, basically uses high intensity uh, sound waves or acoustic waves to, you know, kind of delivered through a, a handheld device, goes into the penis, and it's going to increase blood vessel formation, stem cell recruitment, nitric oxide formation, which you guys now know about. And usually you do like six sessions or so. And we've seen huge improvements in erectile function. Even in guys who don't have problems, they say it still helps. Like they still feel like they're, they're um, kind of headed in the right direction. And then we have some different vaginal, intravaginal lasers, radio frequency devices that can sometimes be helpful uh, for people who have vaginas by increasing lubrication and tightness and things like that. Penis pumps, I'm also a big fan of. I'm especially a fan of using penis pumps in guys who are no longer having regular and frequent nocturnal erections. So if you're not waking up in the morning with erections very often, then your penis is not getting that REM sleep workout that normally happens where you're during REM sleep, you have erections. That's normal. And when that stops happening, you're not getting that big sort of burst of blood flow and oxygen. Then the cells in the penis are not getting nourished as much as they should be. So penis pumps can help with that because you're forcing blood in like a, with a vacuum pump. You're forcing blood and oxygen in. You do it for about 10 minutes most days of the week. And that can help keep the cells within the penis healthy because if you don't have the blood, blood flow and oxygen over time, it can make those cells less healthy and they can die. And then for people who have a loose, weak pelvic floor, like after childbirth, for instance, there's a couple of different gadgets out there now that you can, that can be used um, intravaginal sort of tens units, which are going to flex those muscles really strong. Um, or there's also extra vaginal units as well. Um, there's gamified Kegels. 
which is kind of fun. You put this little device inside and then you have like on your, you know, on your phone, you have like an app and you're like playing, you know, Frogger with your vagina. And then how will you know if any of this is actually working if you're not tracking your orgasms? Obviously, this is a, a new vibrator from the, from a company called Lioness, um, that it can show you how strong your orgasms are. It can just like give you like a waveform, how long they're lasting. Like you can chart the stuff if you want to. Um, you know, how, how was my alcohol intake last night? How did that affect my orgasm? How did my stress, et cetera? Speaking of tracking, something else you guys, you guys know about the blockchain, you know, about decentralized finance. Well, we now have decentralized science kind of coming online. And this is a company I am associated with um, that's called Reputable. That's gonna We're launching beta, I think, next week, actually. But basically, the idea behind this is trying to, in, uh, to speed up the way that wellness innovations are kind of brought into the marketplace. And so Reputable is a decentralized science platform, and it incentivizes betterment experiments. And then it aggregates that N of one data that you're contributing um, in order to make sort of create meaningful insights into what, you know, what's working, what's not working. So for instance, you could do an experiment in meditation. You could say, is 10 minutes of meditation a day affecting my heart rate variability? And you could track those things over a period of time. You get rewarded for it. And then we have more information about what's, you know, what's working and what's not working. Of course, I made them put the sexual health um, category on here um, because there's so many things that we don't know about sex because it's really hard to do actual sex research, especially in the U.S. Like a lot of the kind of conservative groups and congressmen and such will veto any research having to do with sex. Like if it has orgasm in the, in the name or clitoris, it's like, no. Although somehow penis research gets done without any problems. Um, anyway, but, you know, being able to aggregate what people are already doing and learn from it, I think, is the idea here. So I'm excited about, um, about blockchain and decentralized science in general, uh, not only because it's going to change the way research is structured and information is shared, but also because it, you start to have a rewarding of people who are contributing data and the individuals get those rewards and they own their data versus different, you know, bigger companies and corporations owning that data. Now, before I leave, I have one more story for you. All right. So back in like 2016 or so, um, I treated Dave Asprey and his wife. So Dave is, he's the guy behind Bulletproof Coffee. He's like the father of biohacking. I had no idea who he was. He walks into the office. I'm like looking him up on the computer, you know, um, didn't know who he was, but treated him and his wife. And then that night I got invited to this dinner party that they were hosting up in Park City. And it was all these like, you know, these wellness entrepreneurs, like these kind of very successful people in the area. They all got to together for dinner. I didn't know anyone there except I had just met Dave and I just met his wife. And so we're at this party and he has us all get in a circle and there's like 40 people there. So we all get in a circle and he tells us, okay guys, I want you all to introduce yourself and then tell the group your superpower. So everyone starts kind of going around. So it's like, this person's like, my name is Tammy and my superpower is transformation. And I transform you from the most, you know, and my person, my name is Todd and my superpower is gratitude. It's all these like wonderful superpowers. Like they all have, like, they're all bringing so much to the table. I cannot think of anything to say. And so I just tell the truth. And I said, my name is Amy Killen. And my superpower is I'm always the first person to feel rain. And so everyone is just looking at me. Like, no one's laughing. They're just looking at me. And they're staring at me. And they're like, what? And so, of course, I had to clarify. And so I said, like, you know, I can't, I can't predict the rain. And I can't make it rain. But I'm, like, the first one to feel it on my skin. 
And again, no one laughed except for me because I thought it was hilarious. But I would like to, um, I would like to add to that now. I mean, I, I still, I still believe I'm good at, I'm good at feeling rain, by the way. But anyway, so I'm going to just redo my superpower. I'm going to say, my name is Amy Killen and I am an explorer, an enabler and a promoter of one of the most important forms of human connection known to man. And I believe that sexual health is important whether you have a partner or not. Because I believe it's about you and not them. My name is Amy Killen, and my superpower is sex. I'm Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body, your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.